Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Scoutcast. My name is Joe. My name is Andy. And my name is Kylie. Welcome back to me and uh, Andy after a week's break. And welcome Kylie making her Scoutcast debut. Um, Kylie, how are you? I'm pretty good, thank you. Excellent, excellent. Excited so, to be on. Yep. Tell the Scoutcast uh, viewers and listeners a bit about yourself. I understand you also are a, a massive content creator as well, just like me and Andy. <laughs> Massive. Sounds so <laughs> impressive. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I am. I'm on a podcast myself, uh, Three Amigos. Mm-hmm. So I've been doing that for, I think we're in our fifth season now. Um, I, I joined in about halfway through that, that season mm-hmm. when I was pretty new to fantasy football uh, at the time. Um, but yeah, we've been going strong. It's really good. Um, and yeah, in, in terms of about me, obviously have the Australian accent. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm a, a bit of a niche, I think. I don't, don't think there's a lot of female Australian uh, podcasters in, mm-hmm. the, in the community. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm in Ireland uh, about seven years now and uh, basically came over a complete novice to football and mm. turned into a monster yes. quite quickly after arriving. The addiction so, has caught hold. Um, it did yeah it did sucked me in excellent stuff um so what we'll do is um we'll have a look at our teams in a bit and i'll ask andy to say what's um coming up in the show um eagle-eyed viewers will will notice that we've got our our usual customary uh, arrows which obviously we love having and um and and, (laughs) and scores um now they will also notice that that andy has, has has got a green arrow and uh, I managed on this slide to give him a green arrow. Both myself and As on the up and coming slides have accidentally given him a red arrow. Um, we saw his rank and we thought that's got to be a red arrow, surely. <laughs> yeah, he must but, have had a red arrow down but there. But we can't believe that that's a green arrow, but apparently it was. So <laughs> yes, it was, yeah. Uh, and I'm really, really proud of it, actually. So thank you for is. putting it on. So what I might do is for on the uh, slide for long enough and I'm not talking, I might attempt to add... Uh, with the power of my excellent skills with technology, add a green arrow in and cover up that red arrow. So um, Andy has a green arrow. Uh, myself and Kylie have red arrows. Andy, yeah. what is coming up in the show apart from uh, mine and Az's arrow error? 
<laughs> yeah, we've got a cracking show coming up tonight. So we're going to be talking about our game week 10s, uh, a bit of a roundup of it, and obviously the fact that I was the only one with a green arrow this week. Uh, we're also going to be looking at... Um, Talking about Spurs under their new management. So obviously Conte has been unveiled as their new manager now, which uh, it's probably is the worst kept secret for the last couple of days. Uh, and we're just going to be talking about what we think about that, whether it's a good move, whether it's a, a bad move, whether we can start considering Spurs assets moving forward now, uh, especially with their fixtures. Uh, I think they're top of the fixture ticker at the moment. So that's going to be something we're going to talk about. We're going to be looking at underperformers on this show as well. So um, we're going to be looking at the well-owned underperformers and also the less well-owned ones as well. So I know Joe always looks at his... Um, goals imminent table but we're also going to look at those expensive players that are highly owned that are underperforming and we're going to try and see whether we would keep hold of them or sell them and what we, we're thinking about doing them um kylie's going to be doing a bit of a buy sell and hold segment as well which i think is going to be quite fun to do and then we're going to be looking at the next four fixtures uh have some have a little bit of a look at the community team uh that we're in charge of this year as well talk about our differentials and then do our team reveals ready for game week 11 okay um let's go with you first andy you got a green arrow and i'm about to give you a red arrow um no. how did your fabulous game week go yeah do you know what i it actually started fairly well to be honest i had um i christensen i had rudiger i had havertz who all got me six points so i was quite happy with that um and it just kind of went a little bit downhill from there, really. Salah got me a captain return, but at pretty much 200% EO, he's just a dead spot, isn't he? Um, and Liveramento came in for me off the bench, so I was quite happy with that. But apart from that, it's just blanks all over, really. So Cancelo, Alexander-Arnold, Saf, Foden, Antonio, Tony, all did nothing. The only other person that got me an attack and return was Saka, and he was a second on my bench. So um, it wasn't an amazing week. 46 points, actually, mm. I think, it was around about the average and it managed to get me a green arrow so I'm happy with that um, I think that's why me and Az gave you a red arrow because I've never known 46 points anywhere to get a green arrow that's what arrow. happens when, you, when you're down at my rank after I captain <laughs> Havertz and sell a Salah two weeks ago so um, yeah so uh, to be honest I'm I'm happy moving forward I was a little bit gutted and Bumo didn't play but then Brentford looked quite poor against Burnley so that was a bit uh, maybe a, a bit of a showing to me that maybe Mbumo isn't what I want him to be anyway but yeah, I'm fairly happy. I'm fairly happy moving forward as well. Foden came in and I'm looking to hold him in, you know, long term anyway. So, um, yeah, not too bad in the end. I'll take 46 and run, to be honest. Okay. It could have been a lot worse. So, yeah, a bit of bench points there. We'll come to Kylie's team in a second because that theme, hold that theme of bench points. Mm -hmm. uh, but here's my team. Um, there's bench points, but they're so minor. Um, so this is my total 42, which was a justifiable red arrow. Um, I got a I got a technical green arrow, a scout cast green arrow, because last time I was on, I've actually got uh, gone up in the rankings. So I was something like 220,000 and I'm now 205. Um, so I'm okay with that. 42 points. It was a good week to have a bad week. Um, uh, Christensen, uh, you know, either he plays or if he doesn't, Livermento comes on. This week I decided to give Livermento a go and he got me uh, some points there. Salah captaincy, obviously. Uh, Rafina, who was new in along with Kane two weeks ago for me. Um, so they're starting to get the points. I'm hoping Kane does too. Um, and on the bench, Armstrong. And my last decision to make really was Saar or Armstrong. And I just went for Saar because I just wasn't sure about Armstrong. But now I'm starting to think if Broha's out... I think he's going to think, I think Hassan Hutel is thinking Armstrong is the sort of number nine. Che Adams is the, the sort of ball carrier Redmond figure. And that's the way they might do it with Redmond down on the flanks. And I wonder if, if Broha's injured again, uh, I will play Armstrong 
again. And he's against Villa this time. So I think he might earn a, a starting spot for me if Broher is still uh, out with injury. Um, and uh, my only change was... Now, this was a, a, a David... David Monday, who was on last week, would have been proud of this one. Um, I was backing the Brentford defence, <laughs> bizarrely, but not on form, but on fixtures. I just thought they've got such a good fixture run. There's bound to be some clean sheets in there. It's nice and cheap. So I, I was backing them. So I'm just sticking with the plan. I got rid of Raya, got Fernandez in. Um, and I don't think he was particularly responsible, Burnley, for Burnley's amazing Barcelona-esque performance. Um, I think... Um, uh, Brentford as a whole were bad so I'd probably back the wrong horse but nevertheless good fixtures he'll play <laughs> he hasn't got anyone else I can't believe you did that <laughs> so oh, I just did... noticed it I only just saw Fernandez in goal I was thinking who's Fernandez I'll tell you <laughs> what I was wondering that too yeah, everyone's... yeah. Oh, no, see, he's I'm... changed position <laughs> I know I'm, I'm like goalkeeper maverick I've got Good um, I, my other choices were all my other choices had such awful fixtures last week I thought Burnley was a, a clean sheet I'm fairly certain Brentford are good. even Brentford have got to keep a clean sheet against Norwich haven't they you couldn't, couldn't get they? to Ramsdale uh, yeah I could have easily got to Ramsdale yeah. I've got pots in the back but I just didn't I didn't want to get Ramsdale in because yeah. I just didn't think he was going to get a clean sheet that time and also looking at the fixtures coming up they're a bit patchy I think, yeah. yeah, obviously Watford next, great. But then, they, what have they got after that? They've got, um, anyway, we'll look at the fixtures later. But they're, they're, they're pretty mixed. Um, so I didn't, I wasn't so keen long-term on Ramsdale. With goalkeeper, you've got to go a bit long-term. So time will tell. Um, but I can upgrade steel to someone and then just get Fernandes in as a, as a backup. Yeah, I, think you're gonna, I think I'm going to need a backup over Christmas. Um, but nevertheless... That was my crazy maverick move. Um, <laughs> speaking of goalkeepers, Kylie. Oh, you got, tale of woe. Yeah, 34 points. Tell us the, the good and the bad. Right. Basically, this was a situation of if I hadn't touched my team, it wouldn't have been amazing, but it definitely would have been quite a bit better. Uh, so the, the real punchline for this one is that uh, for reasons that are still unclear to me I decided at about 25 no sorry I'm forgetting deadline times now it was about 5 to 11 uh, on Saturday morning while giving a cursory look at my team that oh actually faster plays maybe because I have Vardy and Vardy will surely score Mm. I should uh, I should bench Ramsdale and play Foster because we all know how great Watford's defense is so that was very sound Uh, sound decision I can only explain that based on the fact that I was feeling a little bit fragile from work drinks the night before and I was actually racing off to do wedding dress trials Mm. it's a really bad combination and certainly a bad combo if you're trying to make last minute fantasy football decisions so don't recommend it so you were Um, were hung over and you just saw Foster you just saw Lager that's it he's in (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah um, well, well that's it um no but yeah i was like oh foster he plays yeah wh- why not zero actual sound reasoning involved in in that decision and of course at about five past 11 i thought that was a really terrible move and mm. i'm probably going to end in tears and of course it did so eight point swing there for that um and then i had uh you know, I had Azpilicueta and uh, Wormo who who both didn't feature. I, I figured one of them wouldn't and I had Livramento on the bench and he came in. So that was one positive thing that happened. But um, yeah, in my team, it was it was pretty 
unimpressive. I had to go uh, Duffy third on the bench with zero points deep uh, as a result of, of that one because Douglas Louise was the no-show as well. So, um, yeah, it was Foster with two, Trent with one, Livermento with six, which is good, mm. uh, Cancello, like everyone else, Duffy, sad, uh, Foden, two, who, by the way, I brought in for Saka, who did get an assist, mm. so... <laughs> Also not a great move, um, but I am happy to have Foden. Um, but then, yeah, Havertz, who, you know, saved the day with his yeah. assist. I'll tell you what, actual he, points. he scored more than Salah. So, <laughs> he you know. did, he did. Should have captained him yeah. um, too soon, maybe, for Andy, <laughs> that one. Oh, cheers, yeah. yeah You're not done. coming back again. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, Captain Captain Salah and then Vardy with a one-pointer, Huang and uh, Antonio. So, it was not one to remember, and 170-ish K uh, red arrow. So, okay, so a genuine red arrow this time, um, like a real one. For, yeah. those, for those just joining us, um, uh, Andy has a green arrow, not a red arrow. For those listening on the podcast, uh, no, I don't need to do that, do I? Uh, just, uh, just for the video, uh, he got a green arrow. Um, so um, rough with the smooths. Um, I assume Andy, you've been having a look. I've got a couple I've yeah. uh, noticed. Um, these it's bench point theme. Um, fantasy pig got 21 points in his 11, he got 46 points on his bench. Imagine, I don't think I've ever got that amount. Um, but yeah, Ramsdale, James, J- James, Smith Rowe, and Livermento. I, I, I almost want to just put a minute silence or something for that. That's <laughs> but um, thank you, fantasy pig, for um, posting that on Twitter. Uh, FPL Tractor got 28 on his bench. Um, so, you know, it pales into insignificance when you look at the fantasy pig. Uh, Ramsdale, Gallagher, Livermento, and Brownhill. And FPL Jag, I noticed, uh, also got very similar to that. So, Andy, any any other tales of woe or joy in particular? Yes. Yeah, so, uh, I saw there was a comment on our YouTube last couple of weeks ago saying that uh, Rough with the Smooth had taken a bit of a dip and they didn't think that the, uh, the, the stories were quite as good as they used to be. So, what, I've got what, some since, since you, you took it over. Basically, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, I've, uh, <laughs> so, it's hard. I can only work with what I'm given. Uh, so, I'm trying to give it some artistic license this week. So, Blaming um, the community. Yeah. So somebody called Jacob actually came into my DMs uh, and put that his mate, so it's not him, his mate who's a butcher, uh, butchering his team by the looks Mm. of things as well, um, had uh, did his transfers late at night, did his wildcard. His wildcard went horrendously wrong and he only got 33 points. The problem was that he didn't press the wildcard button and he ended up with minus three points for the week. That's, that was like yeah. that was like my friend the other the other day when we did the the rough with the smooth, um, yeah. and he uh, yeah similar thing. Terrible. So yeah, it did his wildcard, made nine moves, uh, but didn't press wildcard. So he ended up with minus three for the week. Oh, which I mean, know. at least your guy ended up with positive points. Didn't yeah, he? but I mean, he still he, he he's dropped about 45, 50 points. Yeah, which is yeah, that's awful. That's Not awful. But that, that does happen. Lots of lots of people in the fantasy football scout community, and and Spencer, one of our moderators. Um, did that famously if you if you he made loads of transfers as well poor guy and, uh, uh, and that so um yeah okay there's some there's there you go tales uh, we've there. got Come another on. one from Eiselman saying oh boy rough he started the game week with three arsenal players ramsdale white and smithrow on the bench he started foster instead of ramsdale 
Uh, he had Mount, who obviously didn't feature, and he transferred in Ings for Ronaldo, who did not start either. So pretty much everything he could have done wrong, he did wrong that week. Uh, but he's smooth. Two of the Arsenal players did come on for him. So Smith, Rowe and White did. Wow. Uh, and he also had Chilwell and Livera. So he ended okay. up uh, with 65 points in the end, which considering the moves he made, he actually did very, very well. Um, Mike1981, this is a lovely smooth story. So we like having smooth ones still as well. Hi, mate. Don't normally post, but had to do so this week as I've had two weeks of the best transfers in 15 years of playing. Game week nine, he took out Mares for a hit but brought in Mount for 24 points. Lovely wow. stuff. Wow. Last week, he uh, transferred out Alonso and brought in James, who hauled for 21 points. Uh, so he's gone from 344k to 56k. Hang on a minute. Is he, is, he can predict 20-point hauls. Yeah. Um, yeah. Has he told you what his transfers are for this week? No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and and, and well, the, the lottery numbers or anything like that? Yeah. We actually <laughs> asked him on before you, Kylie, and he said no. So that's nice. No. <laughs> Understandable. He doesn't want to share the secrets. Yeah, so. yeah that's exactly what it is. Um, but yeah, so I thought that was that was a lovely smooth one, to be fair. Right. Uh, and then the last one yeah. was from Krispy Kreme. Uh, and he says his rough was he had 46 points on his bench. Uh, Ramsdale, James, ESR and Liver are very similar to your guy yeah, Joe yeah. Uh, and his starting 11 only got 34 points um, his deadline day selections deciding to play Foster over Ramsdale and he played Huang over James um, yeah so I thought those were pretty good so. yeah I think they're really good so Blooming, come at us come at us yeah, community. Come at us. <laughs> if you want to have a pop at Andy's shoddiness at doing this then don't because no I've already been given a red arrow instead of a green this week. I can't exactly. handle much more. No. And, and you were meant to come on last week. And, and they yeah. said, oh, no, we've got David Monday back, so you can't. Fine. It's fine. Absolutely fine. I cried two hours? Yeah. Something like that. Two, and, three hours. And there's more disappointment later on in the show when we come to differentials after I said, oh, Andy, you can't have Mane as your differential. Well, anyway, hold that thought for our up-and-coming differential yeah. segment um all going on this week uh topic one it says i'm doing this bit or i'm introducing it rather um spurs nuno experiment of not scoring has ended finally um that experiment didn't really work to win games um uh, suddenly kane and son are very much in demand and conte uh, has taken over at spurs from the hapless nuno i'm calling him um so it's a great run of fixtures suddenly everyone wants kane and son or do they a lot of people want son and people aren't so sure on Kane. So we've got a few questions from the community. I'm going to put a picture up because this is a picture I took. But I remember the community um, sort of altered it. So I, I discovered at Hever Castle in Kent last week while I was away, um, the original of that meme, you know, where the guy is with a woman and then sees another woman pass and everyone goes, uh, look, it's that player and now he likes that player. And Anyway, so I found the Tudor version of that with Henry VIII with the wife and you knew, obviously, he uh, had a roving eye for another wife pretty much as soon as he got married. FPL managers, um, Antonio is the current Henry VIII wife and they're looking at Kane. Um, and I think some people are doing that. Um, also, midfield, people are looking at Son as well. So I've got some questions I'll read out and then I'll, and I'll get your views um, on the Spurs assets. So footy mad dad, is it unreasonable and short-sighted um, to not bring in any, any Tottenham assets for their good run of fixtures um, due to their poor performances of late? So classic form V fixture there. Um, Vishnav, stick or twist on Kane um, has good fixtures, but his mentality is worrying. 
Jack Brokenshire. I was just checking to see if Jack's in the live chat, actually. He sometimes is. Uh, Jack Brokenshire. Ronaldo or Kane for the next few weeks or a Hokey Cokey. Hokey Cokey isn't a player. That is getting one of them in or one of them out and shaking them all about. Uh, Goopy. Time to get Son or is Mane better? Um, so um, I've got some thoughts on it. Um, what do you two think? Uh, go with you first, Kylie. You haven't got any Spurs assets. You tempted? Wait and see. What's your thoughts? Yeah, so context here is that I actually planned to have Son at the at the moment. I, I wildcarded in game week eight, so the, the international break. Um, and actually, I was in Newcastle for the Newcastle Spurs match. So naturally, I wanted Son in my team. He's one of my favourite players. And I weird side note uh every match that i go to the uh, away side wins uh scoring three goals so i was like well naturally um somehow despite being pretty terrible spurs are going to score three goals against newcastle in this match have to have son mm. um but then 10 minutes before uh the the deadline on my wild card i actually caught the false positive covid news for son um, and it wasn't until after the deadline that it turned, you know, that we found out it was mm. a false positive. So I removed him from my team. He would have been uh, in there anyway. Now was that, um, was that why you were wild? Was that on a wild card? So yeah, you didn't, on you, a wild card. Because I know some people got him in and then had to remove him for a hit and then yeah. had to suffer the ignominy of him then scoring. <laughs> I know that would have been way way worse. At least I was on the wild card and I basically just removed him for uh, Saka and just left the money in, in the bank. Um, so, I mean, I, in looking at the fixture run, before Nuno got the sack and, and we saw that Conte was coming in, I was already quite interested in, in getting Son in because uh, I do love him as a player. And I think when we look at him and we look at that Spurs team, despite how, how sort of poor they have been, he's still performed. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you look, you know, I think it's four goals and, and one assist he's got so far versus I think in the first 10 weeks, it was like nine goals and two assists. That sounds like quite a stark contrast, but four of those goals last season were scored in, in one match. So when you think about it that way, he, he's not like massively no. underperforming against what we sort of expect mm. um, despite despite Spurs and, and despite Kane. So, and I sort of figured, all right, the fixtures are going to be really good. I'm going to hope it's going to work there. Now I think we will see the masses move to Son. And I think because he's maybe the more obvious move, just because of, of form, people might feel a little bit more comfortable. I think the Kane is is the interesting mm. discussion point here, right? Because we're looking at someone who has so much pedigree and, you know, he's he's historically been an auto captain when you look at these fixtures um and then he's coming in with one goal one assist just in in the one match and we're thinking okay Mm. now that we've got Conte here right ahead of the the new fixtures can he revive him that's that's the big question that we all want answered um we obviously don't know the answer to that I mean I think there's lots of things that could be said, you know, tactically, Nuno wasn't working, but also there's that hunger that we would usually associate with Kane. I mean, this is a guy who swore on his daughter's life that mm. he scored a goal mm. so that he could claim it from yeah. his teammate. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty hardcore stuff. And yeah. 
that's what we're used to from Kane and that's not what has been on display uh, this season. So yeah. you I remember think... when um, Christian Eriksen scored and then Kane yeah. sort of scored. Yeah, exactly. He claimed it. He took, even, it even took it off a of Christian Eriksen. I know. Everyone loves Christian Eriksen. He's very friendly, lovely teammate. Uh, so it was very, that was, you He know. probably claimed, you know, no, I won't go there. But yeah, Christian, <laughs> he, yeah, Kane, he can sink low and that's how committed yeah. he is. But I, I like my strikers to be egomaniacs. But that's the thing. You want that egomania because mm. you're like, I want those points in my team. So, yeah. you know, I think, I think Conte, be, because of the calibre of him coming in and he's, you know, already publicly said that he admires Kane. Mm. You know, we, we've probably all seen those quotes from him over the summer where he's talking about how Kane should be played. He should be in the box and, you know, all of this sort of stuff. So that all bodes well. And, and maybe that's the kind of person coming in that could, I don't know, reinvigorate him a bit. I think what's interesting with Kane is that we as FPL managers you know, we're, we're dreamers. We're all like wanting to chase that sort of elusive 300 point scoring unicorn. I'm not saying Kane is going to score 300 points, but that's the dream. <laughs> just got this <laughs> image of him as a unicorn now, dancing yeah, well, around. There we go. Um, but that, that's what we want to kind of bring us up the ranks, you know, to glory. And we, because I believe that Son's ownership is only going to get higher and higher and we're looking at such a low-owned Kane, mm. awkward price, especially given that, you know, there's the Ronaldo kind of fixtures coinciding at the same time, maybe we could get him at, you know, at a sort of lower ownership than we normally would. That's the dream, I think. And I think we all want that option. We want him to kind mm. of revive so that we have that available to us I like, I and we're like not this, all on song i like this sort of um uh this feeling of optimism about it but also this this likening uh, a manager like conte coming in to a team like spurs with all these great assets potential assets even in the women can't mention their defense yeah. yet as well and conte coming in after nuno and, and that's what it is it's dreams this is this is the yeah. this is the, the the dreamers out there in the FPL community, and that's why I've got Kane in. You know, he's you know he's been with me for years through thick and thin. All his price, his his low prices, his high prices, but he's a reliable starting player that can score big at any moment. I can let you down at any moment as well, and. The thing about Kane I found interesting is a lot of people going, oh, I don't like his mentality. I don't, I don't like the way he looks and uh, I, don't, I don't know why he's not smiling. I don't, I don't know the way he slouched down. Look, I'm basically a professor of Kaneology. I feel like I've owned him so long. Every time I look, he looks, he always, always looks miserable. He always drops D. He always huffs and puffs at his teammates because they're not passing. They're not, they're not creating. So he runs deep and, and, he, and he, it's just his face. <laughs> he just looks... He's just got a sad face <laughs> often. And so <laughs> I, I don't look at that. And I think some people think, oh, you know, he must be, you know, or oh, it must be miserable because he didn't move to, to City. Well, he's now got an absolute world-class manager there. Um, you know, he is a professional footballer. He is absolutely obsessed with scoring, as we know. And I think this could revive him. I'm half, you know, glass half full on this one. Andy, you asked 
what I meant by glass half full, glass half empty. Yeah. How, how are you with Spurs? Is your glass half full or empty? Um, I will 100% be owning an asset for their fixture run. I feel like there's, I know people hate saying it, but I feel like that new manager bounce is going to happen because it, what, what's going to happen, I, I'm assuming, is that you know they've, they've gone through this run of just being so bad at having shots on goal. And no matter who comes in, even if it, if it was an interim boss for a couple of weeks, I felt like those players are going to be let loose a little bit, which, which is good. I am completely thinking the opposite of you, though, Joe. I am I'm looking at it and just thinking Son seems the safer move for me, mainly because even if it's not going to quite work with Conte straight away, I feel like Son's still but, going to do very well anyway. But Whereas are you Kane, saying just... that because he fits into your structure? Because often I see no, this. No, no. I like, you, I like Son. You just think Son, if you had a wild card now, you would have Son on yeah. it, not Kane. Yes, yeah, I would. Um, the only reason I do like the idea of Kane is because it would be very easy to move to Ronaldo when they have their fixture turns. I do quite like that because I feel like then Kane would be a nice fixture holder for uh, a, a bit of a holder for moving on to Ronaldo. I just, I just feel like the potential for Son now at 10 million in the in midfield. It, I just feel like he's such better value than Kane personally. I do worry as well. I, you mentioned about Spurs having great assets over the pitch. I don't think they do. I don't think this is a very good squad, personally. I don't know. I, there might be Spurs players in the chat that are going to crucify me. Well, here, we, but... we only need three. Yeah. So when I say that, yeah. By FPL, when I say great assets all over the pitch, I mean three. Yeah. That's, do they have three? that's all we need. Do they have three? What, Reggie on you? Reggie. Well, mm. we'll come to that in a second. Yeah. Reggie, yeah, Kane just... and Son. I, I am just of the opinion, I think people are massively overhyping this very, very quickly. And I feel like, you know, they're saying, yep, yeah, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. You know, like, like um, Kylie was alluding to about the um, Kane will get 300 points yeah. and things like that. And which like, means so. just We're chasing they, the unicorn. The unicorn. And like I said, I think, I think own one of them. I, I completely understand that. And I'll be owning Son. I, I, I get that. I just, I think we just need to temper expectations a little bit because they've had the whole season so far playing this way of football that is getting no shots at and it's not just going to happen straight away my biggest thing with Son is Everton are terrible do you get him in this week I feel like it's a wait for the moment I, I don't mm. feel like Conte's going to have much of an impact straight away you know literally he's going to be there for what a couple of days before they play Everton so I feel like then at the next week it's good to just watch this week and see what happens and then get him in next week personally but um yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. I, I'm just not quite as hot on Kane yet as you are, I don't think, Joe. But I do love the idea that he's so low-owned that if he does bang, you're going to be loving him. Okay, right. Um, and I'd, I'd actually just clarify, you know, despite all of the kind of optimism and that, that's what I want. Yeah. As opposed to necessarily how I feel, don't, which is I actually let him feel destroy like, your dreams. No, I'm somewhere between <laughs> the two of you, to be honest. Um, <laughs> I'm more of a Sun lover than a, a Kane lover, but I like the idea of what Kane represents. Yeah. I think is the thing. So you pick, um, me, you pick me over Joe. That's all you have to say. That's no. absolutely fine. <laughs> Thank I you, in the, in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> ben sitting. No, I, yeah. I, I, I would probably go Son initially myself. Mm. But I really would like to say see Kane do well and I would like the opportunity to get him in. I just kind of I think I just want to watch Kane a little bit and see some sort of improvement there first. Well I'll, I'll, but I'll, I think people who go first could be rewarded. Um I'll put up a quote here, um a tweet here rather that uh, our colleague Gianni put up earlier. He is a uh, a 
he's a Chelsea fan, isn't he? But I, I did, yeah. definitely, <laughs> is, is, I don't know. I mean, I don't. Know. I, I, I definitely know he is a Italy fan. So he knows a lot about Italy. So he was saying some of Conte's best work was with Italy at Euro 2016. It was the worst squad of the last hundred years, but they beat favourites Belgium, Spain, as well as Sweden before losing on penalties versus Germany. Many said they were the team of the tournament. The front three, they played for Sampdoria, Southampton and Sunderland. So you're talking Pella from Southampton, Edda. Where, 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 I, just, I mean, I've got, I've got the picture of the, the, um, of the Italy squad that was up there. And we can see the sort of formation he has. And we can see that he is getting the best out of terrible players. And so when we're looking at, say, for example, Chelsea or Inter Milan, you know, Conte's dealing with really great players. But as Gianni was saying here, when Conte took with, with Italy, he's dealing with the, the, the worst Italy squad, in his opinion, in the last 100 years. Um, arguably, could this be the worst Spurs squad of the last 100 years? Certainly, it's not getting many plaudits. So if he can get the best out of these types of players and emerge as one of the, one of the best teams of this particular tournament... Um, I have hope that um, you know he's going to do well, not only with bad players, but good players as well, and and, and revive them. Um, so Conte favours a three at the back, uh, rampaging wing backs, um, two or three up front. Um, so as I said, sometimes with great players, say for example at Chelsea, or into Milan. Sometimes it's um, these sort of players at Italy. Um, so that's why I'm a dreamer, chasing this unicorn. And I, um, I've already got Kane, and I'm going to get Son in a couple of weeks, and I'm, I'm working towards that. And you remember Son and Kane last year? Well, here's, here's another picture to put up. Um, this I is. Think, are we? In, no, we're in 2021 now, aren't we? I was just checking. Yeah, yeah, we are, we are. But let's, let's go. <laughs> well, let, let's take you back. So I haven't, I haven't got the graphical skills to do that wobbly thing where we sort of go back in time. But pretend <laughs> we are. So could we do that? That's oh, just me. Okay, <laughs> there you go. Uh, um, Conte, Spurs. Uh, so. Here's a picture of Conte and and Lukaku at Inter. Um, aren't they happy? They're all smiling away. He's ecstatic, in fact. Um, but these are the key stats, really, for Kane and Son there. This shows how potent they were um, under, um, I wouldn't say a great manager these days with Mourinho, but certainly a better manager than Nuno. Um, but anyway, Kane scored 23 goals, Son 17 um, in terms of big chances, Kane created 30, Son 23. And in terms of assists, Kane had 14 and Son 10. If Kane scores or assists, Son is going to be on the other end of it. If Son does the same, Kane is very likely to be on, on the other end of it. So getting both of them, we're talking Suarez, Sturridge type territory here. Um, so I, I definitely want them. Kane is the tricky one to get. And I've already got him, so I'm fine with that. Son is less tricky to get I've got I'm about 1.5 I've got a, I've got a steal 1.5 million from somewhere in my team and I think I can do that quite easily so um, I can upgrade Jota to Son at some point so that's that's the way I'm looking at it. and I look at last season I think what can you do um, so once again glass half full for me there I've got I've got another slide as well put up here this is Spurs this season um, and this is a less 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 exciting stats. And this show that Son had six big chances and Kane four. Obviously, he's had nine starts and that's across eight starts for Kane. In terms of goals, Son has had four completely trouncing uh, Kane there and Kane just had uh, just the one. And in terms of assists, uh, one each there. 
So, um, you know, not, hasn't been great shakes so far. But as I said, I mean, that's that's the team it is. And I mean, I, I haven't seen Kane, Son, Lloris, any of them wishing Nuno the best. They, they've they obviously just driven him out. And the fans have as well. Um, I mean, compare that, say, when Steve Bruce left. You know, the outpourings from the players. Some maximum wrote this essay about how wonderful Steve Bruce was. We've not seen that with it, Nuno. It was just pack. <laughs> it like literally, it was like a, like a, um, <laughs> just like, they just threw his suitcases at him and said, "Off you go," swearing at yeah. him. <laughs> I suppose it's hard to build up relationships in ten weeks, isn't it? Well, it's a bit sad when you think he left Wolves, you know, where he was highly respected, mm. and and then such a short, unsuccessful stint at uh, at Spurs. It's not great. No, it's not great as well. So. Um, yeah, that's me. Kane and Son, I'm up for both. Kylie, very keen on Son. Maybe Kane, but Son. And Andy, you're keen possibly for a bit of wait and see, but put Son, but, but Kane's not there. Yeah. This is music to my ears as a Kane owner. A 6% owned Kane is li- literally I, music. I mean, there is music in my head. I just, I just feel like people need to temper expectations. I feel like you can go on Twitter for a, for a, like a couple of hours at the moment and think that you know Spurs are going to be Arsenal from 20, 2004, 2005 kind of thing. I just think we just need to temper expectations a little bit. And it could take a while for this, this team to change, that's all. Well, I'm just looking... Some people are just looking at miserable Kane and I'm looking at happy Kane polishing all his golden boots by his Christmas tree perhaps. Maybe you stay in my team for that long. And I think that's a it's a lovely image, and it's I also have this new image of him now as a unicorn <laughs> dancing across Dreamland. Uh, <laughs> the, the only thing I will I will say about Kane is that I do like the thought of having a, a, a captaincy option other than Salah. Mm. I do because I think if if they're both in their prime, Kane's a better player than Son to own. I feel because you're more happy to captain him personally. But it's just for me, my argument is whether they're going to be those players we want them to be. If that makes sense. Okay. Um, just before we move on to the next topic, I uh, just want to thank all those in the chat that have joined us. Um, the Mark uh, Godbury and Jack Brokenshire I mentioned earlier. He is in the chat. He just wasn't in the little segment of the chat I'd looked at, but he is there. I did see him uh, move in. Uh, Steve Elbows, um, uh, Luke, uh, Lynn, uh, Emma, uh, Alexander, um, and more and more. You're just in that little segment I've seen. So uh, well done for joining us. Um, only a few likes, though. So as usual, I don't care really whether you like it or not. Just press the like button, smash it and all those kinds of things with it. Um, just press the like button and that apparently helps something complex involving algorithms. Um, but um, thanks a lot for joining us. Do press that like button. And Andy, we're going to talk about underperformers. Um, so I've got a couple of slides. Which one Which one do you want first? Do you want the well-owned underperformers or the less-owned underperformers? I think well-owned, please. Let's go well. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, so we were talking about this uh, before we came on about the fact that, you know, we've all got Salah at the moment. Salah's 200% EO, which means he's almost a dead spot. But we've got some other players in our teams that are, that are actually quite expensive as well that are, are kind of underperforming. And, and we're looking at them thinking, which ones of these players that are underperforming in our teams should we hold for the, for, you know, for the long term? Which ones should we hold for medium term? And which ones actually should we kind of cut our losses on? And... Joe's just brought up a, a it's a very small list because uh, we, we we were talking about how it's small and it's probably a good thing as well that it is quite small because we want to be quite focused on this bit but we've got Cancelo we've got Trent and we've got Grealish who mm. 
in some ways are, are underperforming this year, either based on their price, based on their team and who, how we think they should be performing. Um, and I wanted to put to you two, basically, uh, how do you feel about these three players? If you own them, would you be cutting your losses with these players yet? Now, as Joe's just mentioned, he's trying to find 1.5 million to fund Son. People are going to be trying to get up to Ronaldo and Kane soon. You know, all of a sudden, people are going to be trying to upgrade Antonio to Ronaldo and Kane. And it's it's quite a big upgrade. And, you know, I'm going from Havertz to Son, potentially. I've got the money in the bank. But if I didn't, how was I going to make that move? And I think people are going to start looking at their defenders. People like Cancelo and Arnold. You know, Cancelo hasn't kept a clean sheet for the last two games. Hasn't got any attacking returns. Is it time to cut losses with people like that? Uh, and so before I say my thoughts about it, I wanted to try and put it to you. So, Kylie, if you wanted to talk about them first, those three players there, if you own them, which one of those would you be cutting your losses on already? Or would you just be keeping all of them? I, I definitely would be cutting my losses on on Grealish, to be honest. Um, I just don't think that Grealish is, is the best attacking option. I mean, obviously... Uh, certainly for the first number of weeks he he appeared to be nailed and, and was playing um every game and he's he still played loads of minutes but it, he's just not when you compare him for very similar price so he's 7.8 Foden's what about 8.1 8.2 um there's so little in it that I don't think perceived nailedness is a justified reason to hold on to him uh Foden has a higher ceiling that's been demonstrated i think Grealish, when he was with aston villa was completely different you know he's totally central to that team and he was really consistently delivering points it you know i i just think he might have been an experiment for people and maybe it's time to move on he's quite an easy sell i think it's a lot more difficult with cancello and alexander arnold because we know what they are capable of in their teams they're both quite proven assets um i mean it takes a lot to sell trent it really really does i personally had one experience of of selling trent uh when he wasn't sort of injured or something um and that happened to be the week that he got what 24 points Uh i can't know it was a couple of seasons ago during the lockdown yep um, fairly traumatized by that experience and he had zero form going into into that as well if I remember correctly so it was seemed a great idea at the time that's not to say that you know that's going to be a reflection on how things go this season and you know Liverpool they have been really strong returning lots of clean sheets this season but you know they they just drew with with Brighton um, so they, I, I think West Ham can score against them. I uh, certainly think that Antonio could score against them. So yeah, he's underperforming a bit, but I'm just really happy to have him in my team. And I think he's really hard to get back in if you go and you sell. Cancelo, I, I may be a little bit more open to. There's, He's been nailed somehow. I mean, he's played every game mm. so far. And, and Diaz, the, the one that we always think is is going to be the most nailed bar Edison in that team, is actually the one um, who, who has had a rest. I believe he will get rested at some point. Um, I, I think two quiet, low-scoring game weeks is probably not enough reason to, to sell him. I mean when you watch him you just feel like there's constantly the opportunity for him to to score or assist he's really exciting and 
there's that kind of thrill when you own a player like that, you know, and you kind of have to have a little bit of joy in your team. So for me, I think they're well-owned for a reason. And I think that they are quality and that they will come back. So it wouldn't be for me, but Grealish, yeah, I think he's, he's an easy sell. Joe, what do you think? Um, well, um, first of all, some people watching this might think, why is this list so small? So Andy asked me to um, put um, a list of, of high, highly owned um, low performers in. So basically they're underperformers. So um, obviously Cancelo, people would recognise, they look at him on the pitch and you think, God, how isn't he scoring more points? How isn't he assisting that? How isn't he getting those goals? Well, the, these are the stats that show it. You know, he should be... He should be involved in at least two more goals um, there, and Alexander Arnold is is really high there. And then then I've got Grealish, and there's a few others who are like um, minus point zero seven six, for example, or something. Say, for example, Antonio. So Antonio is underperforming, but not to that extent that say Cancelo is or Alexander Arnold. So that's why this list is quite small, and I think that shows that at the moment that those that are um, bringing in the points are either overperforming and I don't mean that in a particularly bad way Messi overperforms but it doesn't matter Vardy overperforms it doesn't matter um, you know if they're clinical and they're world class and elite they, they should do and so you, the likes of Salah is overperforming I don't care I'm not going to suddenly not Captain Salah because some stats say he's overperforming he's just simply very good um, but also on on the stats as well they're just on, on they're just doing as they should be as well. So most of them are just sort of they're got they're scoring or they're assisting, and the expected stats say they should be as well. So that's why these this list is very small and very intriguing. And as Andy pointed out, these are the sorts of players people are going to dump. I do agree uh, with Kylie Grealish is the one. I own Cancelo and Alexander Arnold. They're not going anywhere for me. I like the look of them. I think they always look capable. I think they can get clean sheets. They play for great great teams, attacking teams. Um, teams that can get clean sheets on their day they're just and and huge scores as well um so yeah they're, they're staying for me um i already have kane in a, with the structure so i don't need to find any money there son i i mean lo- luckily my team's rubbish so i've got the likes of sar still there and jota so i've got i've got plenty of players i can get rid of for free up money i don't need to get rid of good players like these, I've got I've got plenty of dross to get rid of. Um, although, having said that, Antonio is partially tempting, and so if some people want to get rid of Antonio in order to get to Son or Kane, for example, uh, or another player they want to free up money to get, you know, get a Chelsea wing back in. Um, fine, I I I don't think that West Ham's pictures aren't that great, but for me. Cancelo Alexander Arnold stay, and um, I would be very happy if people dump them. I recently got Rafina, and I was delighted to see his price drop, and I was delighted to see people getting rid of him because I, I, I don't know if I'm looking at a different Rafina to these people, but he is. I mean, I can't believe I didn't get him in first off. He is, and I can't believe he's six point five. He's absolutely world class player. He happens to play for Leeds, but. He's gone nowhere, <laughs> so that's another player that, that that people were were thinking of, and I'm sure we'll talk about him in the, this sort of buy sell hold bit in a bit. But yeah, Andy, I'm sticking with you. How about how about you? Yeah, no, I, I I think exactly the same. So I look at Cancelo and Arnold, and I think just like Kylie said, they're they're exciting players, aren't they? Alexander Arnold's still very highly owned as well. 
Uh, Cancelo is one of those players that he could conceivably get you a brace one week. Uh, and if you've got any defenders that could get you braces, I mean, you've got to hold them. Um, but I do understand if people need to free up money and they want to put it into their midfield and, and up front because people... You know, I'm playing four at the back every week at the moment. I've got Cancelo, I've got two Chelsea defenders and I've got Alexander-Arnold. And, and you're straight ben- away, you're, you look you're at benching, your defense. You're benching Livermento. Yeah, benching Livermento because I've got those two Chelsea defenders. So it's like, well, one of them's probably not going to play every week. So Livermento comes in. But uh, Grealish is the one on this. I think if you, I still had Grealish, I'd be, yeah. I'd be cutting my losses now. Um, especially, you know, 7.8. You could move him to Foden. You could move him to most people, couldn't you? So, uh, yeah, I, I, I pretty much think the same as you guys. Shall I put the next slide up? This is, this is a, a, better, a better list, I think. This is underperformers who are lowly owned. So these are the differentials we need. And those that watched the captaincy video earlier today, myself and Tom, right, Salah, you can't, he's, he's getting on for 200% effective ownership, which means everyone around you owns him and they're all captaining him. So unless you triple captain him or you somehow get Mane and Salah, which we might consider in a bit later in the show, um, if you do something like that, it's the only way you're going to really benefit from that. So you've got to find these differentials. So I'll put this slide up and take it away Andy uh, well actually Joe I'm so sorry this is a really bad time but both my children oh, are okay. kicking off massively so oh. I'm going to have to love you and leave you is that okay okay that's absolutely fine sorry uh, sorry uh, Kai uh, uh, I, will, I will take over what usually Thank happens at this, at this point is that means that all the pictures will go awry and yeah. um Sorry, Does that John. mean I might get a green arrow? No, yeah, no, we've all got red arrows. Oh, um, that's right. So, so temporarily, um, you may be in Andy's spot. So, Andy, right. yes. Oh, Sorry. Yes. I hope it sorts itself out. Yeah, we'll see you, you soon. Okay. There, Andy. Rightio. Okay, so, yeah, you're a bit mixed there. So I am going to do something here, which hopefully... Um... No, yeah, I've got you. So basically, you are now where Andy is. So I'm going to try and move you over. If you don't mind there we go you're moving you're moving house temporarily bit of uh, relocation Why i've not? relocated you back to where you should be and uh, so i will go through this uh, table here so this is so andy's left at the good bit i think so he also asked me to look at low owned players with um uh you know who with their their delta for expected goal involvement you know they were underperforming and these were low end. So basically, I just went down the list and I just selected those who were pretty much under 10% and m- many of them were under 2%. So Mbomo, M- uh, who I obviously completely mispronounce each time, but he's in almost in a league of his own there. Yeah. He, sh- he should have been, I mean, every, you can see him with the, here in the woodwork. He, sh- he should have been involved in at least two more goals. And I just wonder, is it only two more? He should have been involved in six more goals. Um, I think he set a record or something yeah. for most times hitting the woodwork. It's it's actually yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, he's, he's basically a carpenter. He's hit the woodwork <laughs> so often. Um, but yeah, he's top there. If he is fit, he's actually my top target for the week. I, uh, As I mentioned, I've got a SAR. And this is great for me because I can free up a tiny bit more money and get rid of an underperforming player who's just not figuring on here. He's underperforming and not performing whereas not underperforming it should be um got Gundogan on here as well lots of people ignoring him then you mentioned Grealish would you, would you be interested in Gundogan um I feel like I read something on Twitter that suggested that he's not 
maybe entirely fit or something. Ooh, okay. uh, a quote from, from sort of pre-Champions uh, League quote from Pep. Mm. And he also mentioned something about KDB um, trying to sort of build back up to, you know, his usual performance level. Yeah. So, but I, I think Gnubadi is a great price, right, for mm. a, a City player if we feel that he can kind of find that form. I mean, last year he was amazing, yeah. right? So um, he's he's kind of the right sort of price. He's not someone I'd look at at the moment. I've got Foden and I think Foden's front of mind for a City attack for most people. But I think that there could be a time when he comes into contention. Yeah. And uh, as Mark has just pointed out in the chat, um, there the key figure here with Gundogan is the starts only six. So he's just simply not yeah. nailed on. And that's one of the many first rules of FPL if they're, if they're not nailed on. Um, don't get them unless of course they're a Chelsea defender and you've got Livermento as your first bench <laughs> um, Richie at Newcastle I find intriguing because he's exactly the sort of unfashionable player that has no right to be in any table or consideration <laughs> he's had 10 starts he should have been involved in at, le- in, in at least one more getting on for two more goals um, he's already got an assist he's 4.9 and he plays for the richest club in Europe so yeah. um, um Watch this space with Richie. Um, an intriguing differential. I know you'll 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 turn your nose off at it, but 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 and quite rightly. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's hard to. Uh, I think at the moment it's really hard to to justify choosing almost any differential defender mm. um, because you know as we've sort of said, you've got Alexander Arnold, you've probably got Cancelo if, if not Diaz, mm. um, and then. There's the Chelsea players, and then you've got Livermento, yeah. um, and we've maybe got Regulon being a future option. So where do you put a Richie, um, and and who mm-hmm. do you ignore in favour of him? I think that's where we're going to find it, and it might be the right move because there's only so many spots for a differential yeah. um, in your team if it if it's okay. the same as the template. But hard to justify. Uh, you know, Newcastle option. Yeah, no, no, at the moment. No, I agree. I agree. I think there's 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 too many um, better defenders yeah. to consider from better sides. There's just, it's such great value with the likes of Livermento, Ben White yeah. at Arsenal as well. I mean, why why would you go there? But nevertheless, he's an interesting one there. Around not not around a bit later la- this time last year, I put some of these tables up and Luke Shaw started emerging as yeah. as as Richie is here. And people laughed at it. So, oh, yeah, yeah, all the pies, blah, blah. But then suddenly everyone wanted Luke Shaw. Yeah. Um, and they, they just remembered, oh, yeah, he's quite good, isn't he? Um, so, and Richie has been good in the past as an FPI set. So. Yeah. My man, Adam Armstrong here, those that watched the last game, um, he was unfortunate. Um, so, yeah, there's a haul in him somewhere if he can just find the target. And maybe that's his issue. Maybe he is a, a, one of those players who just can't, can't find the target. But, you know, he's, he's quite... Prolific shooter, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, when absolutely. he plays. Yeah, yeah. Well, which is what I want. I want my my strikers to just shoot a lot. Some of them have got to go in. Uh, um, so yeah, he... of, of probability says surely. Surely, uh, Watkins at Villa. Uh, my last week's goal imminent table uh, featured Watkins on it, and hey presto, there it was. It, it in in it came. So while Villa are in the doldrums, I do think Villa is. Uh, I do think Watkins is worth considering. Just a what. A watching brief, I think, at the moment. Um, but this next yeah. guy here, Bowen. Now, if I was wild carding, I would remove Antonio 
and I would get Bowen in because I think West Ham are still a good side and Bowen is the guy that is most involved and he's underperforming. He's on yeah. set pieces, he's getting assists and goals and uh, is uh, XGI Delta, say the mathematicians, decrees him to be a very, um, a very you know, potential performer there. So yeah, we, he, I mean, you've, you've probably got other things, issues in your team, but are you tempted by Bowen? I, yeah, I could be. I mean, he's someone that I have looked at. Um, obviously, with the fixtures and having Antonio, you, I, I wouldn't be proposing a, a double up. Mm. But I, it's quite interesting to see him on this list of yeah. underperformers, given that he's actually got excellent form at the moment. He, he has been really consistently mm. returning. So I, I think it could be... I think it's a move that probably not a lot of people will make mm. at this point. Yeah. I think they might look at him kind of, I think it's about game week 18 that the fixtures really turn and we've kind of got Norwich, yeah. you know. Um, but if you were so inclined to to remove Antonio, or as you said, if you're on a wild card, Bowen is a nice differential there, um, but it still gives you, you know, some exposure to, yeah. to West Ham who, you know, they're they're performing brilliantly. That's what I was season. thinking as well, and I'm starting to. I mean, I don't know whether this is the case, particularly with West Ham, but slowly I'm coming around to the idea that every striker in the Premier League is basically Giroud, and all the points are going to be are in wing backs and wingers, and people like Smith Rowe, interesting number tens, and I'm not sure. And I, I just wonder if West Ham are going down that route as well, because Bowen has been the one getting the points. Yeah. And I just wonder. Certainly the last few weeks. Yeah. I know. His I've... emergence has coincided with, yeah. you know, a drop off for um, Antonio, yeah. both in terms of points and, and obviously the, the data as well. And, and this next guy on the list, Chris Wood, my favourite, um, 6.7, um, 10 starts, as you would expect, a couple of goals, looking good, should have, should have been involved in more. Um, but it's Maxwell Cornet that's the one yeah. that's catching the eye. He's nice and shiny and new to people. But I do think, I know they've got a tricky fixture this, this weekend against Chelsea, but I do think one of Chris Woods or Cornet could be quite good. And Chris Wood is underperforming. But... Yeah, I had him briefly before my wild card mm. for the Norwich match, um, where... You know, it's it's a given rule that if, if you have a player against Norwich that they're going to score and find form. Um, I was pretty sure that's how it worked, but um, yeah. he didn't deliver. But he he does just consistently tick away most seasons. Yeah, so he does. And, and that's what makes me think about, say, for example, Tony. Um, yes, it wasn't Chris Wood who get, comes away with the points against Norwich. And I don't own Ivan Tony. And... I look at the fixture with Norwich, but then I think, well, is he the player to get? Is it is it another another asset? Um, anyway, I'll, I'll just go down the list because we've got a, a sort of buy hold sell bit. So this is almost turning into that, but this is more looking at these low owned players. Um, and uh, Lucas Mora at Tottenham, keep an eye on him, obviously, because yeah. he could be a regular starter and he could flourish. Uh, Redmond's. Um, is there, Redmond's always on my goals imminent table. That's what I was going to say. Isn't he like a chronic underperformer? I feel like he lives on these tables. <laughs> do, do you know what? And it's good you say that because he is chronic. So because when, when you look at these stats and you look at, you know, where they are on these types of tables, um, I think you do have to look at players like Redmond and Benteke um, who are just often there and they yeah. can go through huge droughts of not getting any points I, I think i did own redmond a couple of years ago 
towards the end of the season and he was incredible he got me loads of hauls but I think that was it and <laughs> I think I remember that season because mm. I remember captaining Redmond in the last game week of the season when um, it was a sort of Hail Mary situation yeah. for my um, my main mini league yeah. and actually he, he returned that mm. week but uh, not since and mm. I think we kind of have to just accept that some players underperform and, consistently and interestingly Kane is on the list as well so I mean it's no great shake should have been involved in one more goal over you know whatever 10 game weeks that we've had but nevertheless it shows that He's been underperforming as opposed to what he's expected to have done on the pitch. And I find that intriguing and heartwarming. The Unicane is here. And Unicane. I, I, and, I put, and Havertz has just squeezed on. I put him in here. He's I think he's about 7% owned. So he's pretty much still, you know, still differential. Owned yeah. by quite a number in the community I've seen. He's in the sort of top 10K template. Um, I think he's a... He's a hold. You've got to accept rotation and the fact yeah. that he's basically Giroud in, in a team of better players. Um, yeah. but and you got him, right? Everyone got him for the three fixtures. That's yeah. the, you know, I'm, I'm yeah. one of them. And yeah. yes, yeah. one assist in however many yeah. goals they've scored is, is quite disappointing. But at the same time, you're hardly going to, to sell him um, this week. So, you know, I think no. against Burnley. So... Yeah. Okay, well, we're coming on that theme of like, you know, whether we keep all those players. We've got this buy, held, hold, sell um, section. And uh, hopefully you've got in the notes there, it's a good way of sort of covering off the community questions that we haven't already covered as well. So you can sort of rattle through them and <clears throat> ask me and not Andy because he's not here. Um, yeah. So so I've got a fabulous graphic. People will just be amazed by this. Yeah, that's right. It just simply says buy, hold, sell in aerial <laughs> Uh, bold because <laughs> that was all I could do in, in the nick of time so uh, while you're while you're reading them out and, and I think whether I'll buy hold and sell I'm going to move you uh, around again great okay so the first one that we have is from Helen and it's about Azpilqueta so hold or sell or swap sideways to another Chelsea defender I, I sympathize with Helen because I'm very much in this exact camp um, at the moment but I'll, I'll come to you first Joe what do you think yeah I just, just want to point out someone Steve Elbows in the chat has, uh, has said the buy hold sell the way I've got the BHS there like the uh, the hugely unfashionable failed um, department store um, so it's very apt with my terrible <laughs> my terrible graphics yeah I'm, I'm sort of in the same position because I've got Christensen and I got Christensen for a bit of value and I've also because I've got Nivermento and Cody as my backups who have frequently come in for Christensen and got me points. So Christensen pretty much gets me points every week, even though he doesn't play every week. So, and that pleases me. Now I'm sort of playing a four at the back. I've, I've, I've promoted Liveramento to just a starter at the moment, especially against Villa, who are weak down his side. It's worth noting. Um, so for me, I'm going to keep hold of Christensen. And I think even if you've got the likes of Aspilicueta, um, I, I would just keep... You mentioned about Havertz, you've got him in for these fixtures here. Yeah. I, mean, I wouldn't mess around with getting rid of Aspilicueta for James and then see James benched or the similar with Chilwell. Will Chilwell play this against Burnley? I think so. But did he play against yeah. Burnley last time? No, Alonso did because he preferred with his height against Burnley. 
has Alonso played in the Champions League because to give Chilwell a rest, or has he played because uh, the manager's he needs got minutes, yeah. yeah wants him to have minutes so that he can be fresh and ready for the the giants of Burnley. Um, so um, I don't know. I mean, I, I personally think there must be other issues in a team. If you've got a Chelsea defence, just stick with them. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't just keep wasting transfers, moving Chelsea players around because the one you get rid of is going to score. As Pesquetta will get ten yeah. points one week. So um, yeah, who else have yeah. we got on the list? And and I mean to be honest, like from my perspective, I actually feel the opposite of you. I'm really tempted to go for Chilwell. I wouldn't go for James because of, he no. keeps getting subbed on. Um, Chilwell sort of fits the mould of what you're saying about Christensen. You know, yeah. like if he doesn't come on, Livermento does. Yeah. I think the hokey cokey with Chelsea defenders is, you know, risky, but I can't deny that it's been really hard holding Azpilicueta for two weeks, <laughs> watching sadly yeah. as everyone else rakes in the points. But I think it is a massively luxury move uh, yeah. that could go wrong. Um, and uh, to your point, you know, if, if you have any other kind of fire to put out, then maybe yeah. it's a bit of a hard one to, yeah, to sort of do. I can't believe anyone hasn't got... I mean, they, their team must be amazing if their biggest issue is I'm going to remove Aspilicueta for Rudiger or James or Chilwell. That's then then they 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 must be leading it. <laughs> Although Aspilicueta's played tonight, and maybe he needs minutes as well. But yeah. you know, there'd be tears if Aspilicueta does not play at the weekend. <laughs> who? who uh, we'll come to your team um, shortly, but. Um, have a good first sub. Um, yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it. Who else? Um, it? Yeah. Okay, so we've got FPL Governor. Should we bother buying Lukaku when he's fit? No, no, I don't think so. He is. If you've got him, sell him because he's not fit. <laughs> um, so he's he's definitely not a hold. Some people might consider hold. I've seen people, you know, hold and bench. Um, yeah. You know, good players that are expensive. Um, just because it's a transfer you, you want to make. But I, I I just would not go for Lukaku. I think it's evident with Chelsea, the FPL points are, are, in, are in the midfield or, or the wing-backs and, and they're just not with Lukaku. Meanwhile, you've got Kane, Ronaldo, Bardi. You've got... Um, but Bamford hasn't even come back from injury yet. Calvert-Lewin hasn't come back. From, yeah. I mean, it, it goes on. I think there are potentially better options by the time Lukaku might be fit which could be after the international break so he, he he's 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 a sell if you got him and he's he's definitely he's not a buy he's not a buy even a fit Lukaku's not a buy for me no no I mean I think the opportunity's been missed right he's been injured for the whole opportunity mm. period <laughs> that was the whole idea of him was he was earmarked for Norwich and and this mm. run of fixtures and by the time he's back you're going to have Ronaldo, Kane, these guys with great fixtures. So you're kind of going to need to see him suddenly returning really well for Chelsea yeah. um, later in the season when there's a good fixture run to kind of want to go back there. Yeah. Really hard to justify at the moment. Um, okay, so our next one kind of ties in with what you were talking about earlier um, with respect to Brentford. So it's yeah. FPL DJ. Is Tony worth getting good fixtures but Brentford not scoring much? Yeah, that's the thing. So I don't own Tony. So is he is he a buy? Yes, he's potentially a buy. But it's for Antonio. Do I want to buy Tony for Antonio, his brother? No, I don't. Do I want to buy Tony for Armstrong, 
who's playing Villa if Broha's out? Probably not. That's quite a sideways move. Um, so I might be looking at Brentford elsewhere. As if you've got Tony, of course. Yes, he's a massive hold because <laughs> yeah. he's playing Norwich next. He's definitely not a sell. But I, I, I do wonder, just going back to, you know, the, the likes of Lukaku again, I just do wonder whether... Um, He's the scorer. Yeah, I just I wonder about strikers. And, and, and I am seriously considering going against my beloved 3-4-3 or 4-3-3 and having a 3-5-2-4-4-2 and just saying, right, just accepting there just ain't enough strikers. And there, there'll be two I want at any yeah. moment. But I'm not sure there's ever going to be three because they're just... They're, they're all injured. They're all injured. <laughs> or, or not scoring. Or, or the managers are just using them as, as, yeah. as... like They're just saying to them, hey, can you just be a lump and get in the way? Because all these other players are just going to manoeuvre around and score points. Yeah. yeah, that's the thing. And I think also if if you have a Bremo, uh, I would definitely wouldn't be doubling up. Uh, yeah. I, I think... No. I think that it was quite trendy to do that in the sort of previous couple of weeks. Mm. A lot of people were talking about it because they, they feel like real stable options that are going to yeah, play yeah. 90 minutes every game. Um, I prefer Mbwemo. I'm happy to have him. Mm. I'm going to hope that he starts getting goals instead of hitting the woodwork. But there are signs there that are pretty encouraging. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I, I'd agree with you. I think uh, at a stretch, you could buy him. I wouldn't say it's a terrible idea, um, but I think... It's 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 not all, it's not something I would hugely advocate either, yeah. despite the fixture. Yeah, so um, I mean, but be, definitely hold. Be, what what will happen here is people will um, Tony will score a brace this week because yes. he's playing knowledge, yes. and then everyone <laughs> will, will message saying you're so rubbish. I can't believe we listen and view us. And but the thing is, yes, we'll then look over the next month, next two months. Will Tony keep doing that? And I'm not sure he will. But will some of the other midfielders we mentioned do that? Yeah. Well. We think so. Um, and he should score against Norwich, really. Yeah. So it is the fixtures yeah. beyond yeah. that, that you're kind of, unless you're wasting transfer yeah. um, to move him in and out. So, um, okay, next one is Caleb Turner. So Cucurella, I do not know if I'm saying that correctly. No, you are. You are. I, well, oh, I, excellent. Don't, actually, don't ask me. I assume you oh, are. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I'll, I'll imagine that was correct. Um, so at Brighton, um, ahead of their kind run, so what do you think? You're yeah. a Brighton fan? Yes, I think he's great. Um, he's nailed on. Um, he's really attacking, gets really far forward. Um, and he's, he's slightly unknown to, to lots of yeah. um, FPL managers. So people are ignoring him. But I think he's absolutely great. Brighton's fixtures get good. We'll look at the next four game weeks um, shortly. But um, I, I think it's time to invest in, in Brighton. If I, I... No, I am tempted. I'm to actually get a Brighton player in over a Brentford player. I just have the Brentford goalie at the moment and I'm looking at other Brighton players of of, of which Cucurella is 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 amongst them. I think he's a great asset to own. I think you're going to get clean sheets and I think you're going to get the odd attacking return. Um, and he's got really lovely hair as well. <laughs> always, always a good reason. Well, I think especially if you don't have Sanchez, yeah. um, it, it is a good opportunity. We've talked a lot about how it's really difficult to break up that sort of defensive template at the moment but if you are willing to go to someone a little bit different then there is opportunity there and I mean he does he does look lively um he's had one attempt and it was on target so 100% shot accuracy that's great 
Um, and I think he's created 11 chances. Uh, I think one of them was a big chance. So, you know, he has something about him. He's pretty kindly mm. priced. Yeah. So could be, if you wanted to swerve the template a little bit, it could be a good differential to, yeah. to um, go for. I don't own Sanchez. Um, and, and a bright and clean sheet hurts me a lot in FPL. Every time, yeah. But I love it as a Brighton fan. <laughs> So I, I'm never that disappointed. You're winning uh, anyway. Yeah. So so that's all, all all fine, but as an FPL manager, it's really bad for me. But yeah. um, in real life, I want it. It's, it's a bizarre situation to be in. Um, so yeah, I I think he's a bite for me. Uh, who's next on well, the list? I'm excited. So <laughs> FPL Midas, uh, buy, hold, or sell. Which of these cheap midfielders? Smith Rowe, Mbwemo, Gallagher. Mm. Little selection there. No, I like them all. And I, I, like, to, I like to say, I like all three, please. Um, um, along with Son and Salah. I think that would be, that's how you can afford Son and Salah and have yeah. a good rest of the squad is to get these three guys in. I think they're great. Um, in in all, so all of them are a buy. If you've got them, all of them are a hold. None of them are a sell. Um, yeah. Smith, who I really like, I've got an Arsenal uh, fan down here in, in Somerset who I uh, watched watched the Villa game with, and belie me, I know Villa were pretty bad, but but Smith Rowe, wowzers! Um, I was really impressed. Um, he would be, he is my top. He would be my top choice. So, arguably this week, I'm going for a, a Sar replacement, and he Smith Rowe. Um, Mbemo are top choices there Gallagher I do really like my one caveat with Gallagher when Milivojevic plays he takes the set pieces and Gallagher's less effective in FPL terms but when Milivojevic doesn't play Gallagher's just incredible when you really want him in your team so how do you know that's the tricky bit isn't it so what you're going to get with him as we've been getting is two points 13 points I do have him in my um uh in in my sky team and um i love him <laughs> so I, I i i do like to have uh, gallagher there in 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 one of my fantasy teams at least um but yeah i um i agree i like all three mm. uh i actually started the season with smith Rowe, and he looked really good but obviously arsenal were yeah. not looking great so i i did quite swiftly move on but I have been watching him since and I think that he just seems to be settling in so much and he's making yeah. all the magic happen. So I think at that price, yeah, he's, I mean, he's, anybody who had him in the last two game weeks has absolutely cleaned yeah, up. Yeah, they're mixed fixtures, but from a, hmm. he's so good, I think, with attacking point of view, he could get he could get some kind of returns in all of them. But I think if you got him in now for this weekend, he's got Watford next. He's got, yeah. has to be, it has to be returns there. Um yeah, then the, the next two are players I do own at the moment. I see on the list here. Uh, yeah, so Antonio, um, buy, sell or hold? Yeah. This is the big question I think that everyone's facing at the moment is what to do with Antonio. Yeah, I'm I'm keeping. I'm keeping because he's really good. But yeah. if I was wildcarding, I would very, as I was saying, very seriously consider covering, and people don't like the word covering, but I do think you can get good FPL returns with Bowen, and you can you can you can dump Antonio, then. Um, but at the moment, I've got Antonio. I've got him game week one. He's mega cheap. Mm. Um, 
and I think he can get returns any week. And it's basically as long as his hamstrings are going, I'll, I'll keep him. I, I see no reason not to. He's, he's, it's not like he's 10 million or something. Exactly. And it's also that thing of, you know, where do you go from Antonio that you feel such strong conviction about? I don't, I've looked at it and I think that yes, there is with his fixtures, Mm. you don't expect him to run amok. I think he could score against any team as well, but so arguably there's an opportunity there to find someone else, but with the number of uh, forwards who are injured, uh, you know, we've alluded to a few of them. Uh, Bamford, Calvert-Lewin, mm. they're a sort of similar price range. It's it's really hard to sell him. And, and then you know that you're going to want to buy him back, uh, you know, yeah. at about game week 18. So it, it's hard to sell and then, you know, kind of get him back in and who do you go for that you think will guarantee that they will do better? I, I'm not I, sure. I, mean, I think as, as well, I mean, we have a bench. I, I mentioned yeah. the Sky team earlier. We don't have a bench in that. So you do have to remove these players if if, if the form of fixtures um, uh, uh, that way. And and with Antonio, if you just bench him, we've got the likes of Livermento, Ben White. We've got all of these players that can come in. And if you don't like the if you don't like the Liverpool fixture, there's no need to get rid of him. You can just bench him, and then you can bring him on uh, when you when you when you want to play him. I just I do think. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not saying I would never sell him. You know, never say never, but. I, I can't see a re I, I I think I would try and find money elsewhere for my son fund. Um, I think, yeah. Yeah, and I think there's other strikers that you could sell before him, to yeah, be honest. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, um, and last question uh, from Matt is Rafinha worth holding? He looks good, but Leeds don't. Yes, well, well Matt, Matt's got it there. That, I got Rafinha in fairly recently. I'm a new Rafinha owner this season. And and he's one of those players like Trent. Uh, you, know, you just you see and you think, why aren't why don't I own them? <laughs> and and now I do, and he's just staying. And if I yeah. if I really didn't like the fixture, I would I would um, bench him. Um, I think Bamford missing is a big issue. With, I mean, yeah. if we had Seb on, you know, he would better give chapter and verse about about you know Leeds's uh, formation and and performance and form here. But you know, their their numbers are, they're not as bad as you would they're not like whipping boys or anything um and i do think bamford being out is harming things and i think with rafinha i mean he's he's really good he's really good i mean i can't sort of emphasize enough he's he's, i mean i think it would belittle leeds to say you know he shouldn't be at leeds and that's not the case you know leeds just should be feel feel very happy leeds fans should be very happy happy and blessed and hope he stays for as long as he does um, um, because he's great, and he clearly likes being in the team. When he um, there was a, there was um, a cruel Tim Cruel had made some comments um, about um, Leeds not being Barcelona or something, and and then uh, Rafinha like answered him on Instagram with a graphic saying no, but we're Leeds, you know, very very passionate. It, very it, was, it was about like a year too late. So it was like he spent a year coming up with this uh, <laughs> oh, no. comeback. Uh, which wasn't that great anyway, but but in fact he is passionate about it, and um, yeah. you can see him. And I I just think he looks great. And I, I hold is he yeah, a is he a buy? I think he is a buy. I, I think he's a buy. Yeah. So from my perspective, I'm actually I'm the opposite of you, Joe. Uh, I 
I had him from the start of the season. I ended up selling him yeah. on that game week eight wildcard because he was he yeah. was injured. Yeah, yeah. And you know, we've kind of had each week since then he's been, is he injured, is he not? Yeah. So it's I've wanted to buy him in. Mm. Uh, but given I had other yellow flags in my team, mm. I, I couldn't really justify doing it. I feel like I'm missing a limb not having Rafinha <laughs> in my team. I had a, a pretty horrendous uh last season and Rafinha was my savior. Mm. So I was one of those ones that brought him in um, when, you know, he kept getting returns every week and he was still really low owned. Yeah. I, I don't know how it happened, um, but it went about five or six weeks before people started bringing him in. And I just think he's amazing ever yeah. since then. So that, at that price, it, he's so clearly an mm. incredible player in that team. And yeah, leads are yeah. a little bit worrying. Um, but when Bamford gets back, you have to assume that that's going to yeah. really help him because he's not going to kind of be carrying that yeah. attack on his own. Um, yeah. It's worth, and they still have uh, good fixtures. Yeah, so. and I think I think a lot of people um, think, oh, but he doesn't get double-digit hauls. He gets nines and eights, and that's so, good too. So it's like if he gets ten or eleven or nine, I, it doesn't. It's still really good. Yeah, um, and especially at his price. So. Yeah. You know, you can't, you can't kind of argue with that. Yeah, if he's, so it, that's yeah. all of them. I think. Yeah, if he, if he averages eight or nine, yeah, um, you know, and he costs, what, 6.5? I don't even know what he is now. I, I didn't even care. I just saw it was just really Six, cheap. <laughs> is he seven now? Yeah. Um, I think he's 6.7, unless okay. he went up ahead of Norwich, possibly. That's it. I mean, that's it. I'm, one thing I've done this season, I haven't really paid much attention to pricing. Um, mm. And I think it's really good. I, I think I saw something by... Um, um, FPL Partridge put something up on Twitter it was really really hit home with me as well he's saying he doesn't really I think it was him uh, he was saying he doesn't really look at the prices and he, he makes his decision at the end of, end of the week and he, it's based on yeah. you know stats or eye test or research yeah. it's, n- it's nothing based on price so none of the decisions he makes is based on price and I thought that's a really good way of, of, of doing it really because um, we're not buying these players because they're a particular price I mean they might be no. really good value but we're getting them in because they're good players um, or the team, they've been form or their fixtures. So he's looking at those things. And I think I think you might make better decisions um, that way. Um, let's have a look at the next four game weeks. Um, so we can see this is the season ticker, Fancy Football Scout here. We've got Norwich at the top. Um, it's going to be tricky to sell Norwich, seeing as they are basically a league one side I mean I, I my local side even though Brighton are my team my local side is uh, uh, Andy's local side as well Yeovil and I've been seeing them and they're pretty pretty poor because um, they're in the national league at the moment um, I, not, I reckon they could give Norwich a go I mean Norwich are really bad <laughs> yeah, they are they are. they're so, worse I mean we're used to them being bad when they come up but they're worse this time Yeah, they don't have Pookie doing it for no, them they're just a they they just they just want like you know like Middlesbrough or Derby or whatever in the past they're just a Championship side that have you know smuggled a place in you know stowed away with the big lads and uh, so but but second to them is Crystal Palace and I think they're much more interesting under Vieira mm. they you know the, the days of Roy Hodgson and these old men floating around Palace and and South yeah. uh, London that's just not not happening now they're a really good side they've got lots they're packed full of good assets. Likes a Mitchell as well in defence. Yeah, he just keeps ticking away. And Guita, who was actually yeah. was on my hit list to get instead of Raya, but I didn't like the City fixture. And then I thought, I can't go for long term. Yeah. And I thought, no, I'm not going to get any... Ret-. Anyway, he ended up, would have got me more points than, than yeah. Raya's deputy. 
Anyway, Crystal Palace got Wolves, Burnley, Villa and Leeds. Great next four fixtures. Wolves and next. Still chucking along with their amazing, yeah. great fixtures. Um, Crystal Palace. West Ham is tricky, but then Norwich and Burnley. Tottenham. They've got. I mean, Everton is not considered blue on this one. I think so. Um, it, on, yeah. <laughs> on the Capsi video we did, did with Tom earlier today. I mean, they are whipping boys at the moment. So yeah. that's why people are interested in Son and Kane. But after that, they've got Leeds. Burnley and Brentford so you know all potential for returns there and then Brentford themselves with Norwich Newcastle Everton and Tottenham um, Tottenham could be tricky by them for them mm. uh, Newcastle good fixtures still so that's why I mentioned Richie um, uh, Brighton Brentford uh, Arsenal that's tricky then Norwich and then Brighton my team they got Newcastle next uh, Villa Leeds and then West Ham uh, Chelsea still good fit. Well, the fixtures sort of turn a bit. So they got Burnley, then they got Leicester, Manchester United, and Watford, um, and um, Leeds themselves. They got Leicester, Tottenham, uh, Brighton, and Crystal Palace. So they're not great fixtures for Leeds, but no. I do think Rafina is a hold or buy. I still think Capable, so. Yeah. I think the. I think if you've got any other Leeds assets at the moment, I think they would be a sell. If you've still got one of their defenders, you know, who's not ailing, obviously, he's not going to be in many teams because because of his injury. Yeah, but low down here is Watford. So I've I've still got Saar, and you know he is top one to go. Form poor, fixtures worst. Arsenal, Manchester United, Leicester, Chelsea. There's just simply no returns from them. Horrible. Yeah, people are going to cut that out when he gets a, a hat trick against Arsenal, Manchester United, and say huh, Joe doesn't know what he's talking yeah. about. But nevertheless, Everton. Uh, not only is their form bad, but their fixtures are terrible. It's like. I can't believe what I'm witnessing here. <laughs> anyway, Tottenham, City, Liverpool, and they got Brentford as well. And West Ham, not so good. Uh, Manchester United and Man City, not great fixtures. Um, and then Liverpool, are they fixture-proof though? Does that do that bother you with, with Liverpool? No. you thinking Salah, captaincy. You're just going to captain him no matter what? Yeah, well, I mean, I so to use the United uh, fixture, so yeah. I, I actually didn't have Lukaku. I, that was kind of my sort of big move when I wildcarded was to swerve Lukaku. Um, and I planned to, um, I went Vardy early mm. and I planned to captain Salah in that week because, I mean, we saw what he did against City. And I think in that week I captained Ronaldo and got one point. He was benched or maybe, yeah, I think it was the same week. Um, so I just think it, at the moment Salah is just pretty fixture proof. It, it's maybe not the most exciting captaincy decision, but He's so reliable at the moment. Um, and I think Liverpool are so reliable at the moment, certainly from an attacking perspective. I think you can trust them in, in pretty much any match at the moment. Oh, oh, Nicholas in the live chat. Joe's still having a monologue in these streams. Don't be so negative, Nicholas. Enjoy it. We're talking about the unicane here. We've been dream- <laughs> with FPL Dreamland. Try and be more positive, mate. Um, so, yeah, let's move on to our differentials. Um, right. Now, a few weeks ago, this is a, not a monologue, Nicholas, by the way. Um, a few weeks ago, I said to Andy, don't pick Mane. No one's going to pick him because of Salah. So, yeah, who's your differential then, Kylie? Yeah, so after a, a very rigorous uh, approvals process, uh, which was highly questioned by Andy, but I did get, um, I did get sign-off to choose Mane mm. as my differential. <laughs> it feels like a cheat code somehow. Yeah. I feel like... That shouldn't be allowed, but I'll take it anyway. He's 3.8% owned. And that's obviously because even though he's been really consistently Mm. performing, he's just at that awkward, you know, they've probably got Salah and Trent 
it's a lot of investment in Liverpool attack. But you just look at Liverpool and they are smashing it across all attacking metrics at the moment. Um, you name it, they're, they're delivering it. And, I mean, if you look at their, so the 10 games so far this season, they've scored 29 goals and 23 of them have been assisted. The next best is Chelsea with 26 goals, 16 assisted. Mm. Um, and Liverpool have... I think it's 41 big chances to total. The next best is City with 28. Yeah. So, I mean, you look at that, you look at the goals and the number of assists and you think that's a lot of points potential for one team. And even though Salah, you know, he's a points hogger and we Mm. love him for that, it still leaves a lot left over that could be cleaned up by Mane. And, you know, as, as for people who might bring him into their team, He's a harder buy than than Jota because of price. So I think you get to keep him as a differential for much longer. So I think he's a good pick. Yeah, no, I think so. I think I think the problem with him before was um, we weren't so set on Salah every yeah. week, and now we are. We're starting to think, how can we get these these points? How, yeah. And Mane is performing really well, and Liverpool, as you, with those stats there, they they are the top attacking side. Yeah. Um, um, this is almost my annual reference to the Suarez Sturridge partnership um, because I've mentioned it every year is the dream double up and and that's what what I did that was, I think that was one of my best years in this because he also was about 60 to 70 percent owned everyone captained him Suarez that is the only way you could get it get the points were to get the other guy who was assisting him which was Go which all was, in, yeah which was Sturridge and and that's sort of what's happening with. I mean, other people are assisting and scoring, but Mane is getting those goals as well. Now, now I've got I've got Jota. And my only problem with Jota, a bit like with Firmino, is that they're the sort of it's sort of Salah, Mane, then Firmino, Jota, and it, I, I like them, but will they start? And but with Mane and Salah, they they pretty much will most games. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's good good choice. Um. Andy picked the wrong time to say Mane a few weeks back, I think. Um, and I think it's a very serious consideration for people, and yeah, pati- particularly so. those that don't want to invest heavily up front. Um, so, yeah, my um, uh, my differential is Trossard. So um, uh, I think it was um, Tony on Twitter and in the live chat earlier. I think he might have even got Trossard in after I was saying um Trossard is a good is a good pick the reason I picked him he's false nine in a Brighton side which I'm heavily biased about but they do have very strong fixtures as we can see here uh, with Newcastle who I believe he, he hauled against last season um and Villa Leeds and then West Ham um so he scored against uh, Liverpool he's had 14 shots over his last four nine of these in the box and five on target and that is impressive these are the sort of stats that would make me get Harry Kane in <laughs> let alone a 6.4 midfielder in a team where he's playing up front um, with great fixtures. Um, so, yeah, in terms of he's, he's on my he was on my goals imminent table last week. He's still on there because he's just scored that one over that time. So he's an, un, uh, you know, he's an underperformer just. As I said, 14 goal attempts. This is really good stuff. Um, he is another player I'm tempted by. I've got Saar. I need a replacement. I think I'm, I think I'm going to do well out of Trossard if I got him in. I think Tony, yeah. who who is in the live chat earlier, who got who I think has got Trossard in, could do very well from it. Don't blame me if it doesn't doesn't go right. But I do think we have to temper our expectations 
a bit, but we also have to accept when some players are getting better. And I think Trossard is simply getting better as a player and an FPL asset. Um, I have a a quite torturous history with with Trossard, actually. Um, So many who who know me on on Twitter will be laughing at this um, because it's kind of that recurring theme that comes up every year. Mm. I have this amazing ability to own him. Um, I've tried really hard to be a Trossard fan, Mm. um, but he... He just does the wrong thing by me every time I own him and then I sell him and other people bring him in and then he scores and, you know, you try not to be biased against past experiences, but it uh, it doesn't work, I, I know. you know. But you probably will do really well. Yeah. I don't know. I'm t- I don't know. I'm tempted. I think he's a really good differential. Um, and like, what was his ownership again? Um, <clears throat> I think I wrote it down. Yeah. Um Oh, I can't remember now. <laughs> it's less than less than two percent. Low. <laughs> it was low. Less than two percent. He's really low. You're going to get all of his points. Um, so, fingers crossed. Um, there. Let's move on to the community team here. Um, this is a team that we're managing this season by a top hundred manager, um, Alex, who is taking a break from FPL. So we're managing a team for him, and I'm enjoying it, and perhaps enjoying it more than my own team. Um, it's it's um, not doing as well as my own team, but it's doing better recently it's the form team at the moment um so what i've got up here is is the team that we're going into uh game week 11 with um but last week we did pretty well we got 57 points third green arrow in a row post wildcard so we wildcarded and we're up to 426k uh, after being uh, around the 800k mark in game week seven so it's been a really nice turnaround there there's 1.2 in the bank uh, my colleagues did nothing last week. Um, every time they do nothing, this team does quite well. Um, so that's great. So we've got two free transfers. Um, already a bit of a benching headache. So I've got Christensen and Livermento on the bench um, because I got in Zaha and Saka and players like that as a sort of differentials and Vardy who at that time was edging towards being a differential. Um, so... Um, looking at this team with Alexander-Arnold, Cancelo, Rudiger, Ramsdale, uh, Salah captain, Zaha, Rafina, Saka, Vardy is a vice-captain against Leeds, could be some returns there, Tony and Antonio, and Christensen and Livermento. There's not much more I, I want to do with that, but I guess long-term looking at Spurs, and I don't particularly like wasting a transfer, so I could just get a backup goalie, I guess. I don't know. Um, what would you do with this? Um, yeah, it's it's a little bit uh, tricky. And it is one of those weeks as well where, you know, you're kind of looking at the teams and you're like, there's actually could be some bench points again because it's quite a few teams that are, are doing well. And I mean, Douglas Louise is yellow flagged. I think that might only be an illness. So you wouldn't really yeah. want to use a transfer on that as well. Um how much is in the bank? 1.2. So we've got a bit 1. of scope. 2. Could just upgrade Rudiger to Chilwell or something. But even yeah. though I was going against that. But I mean, this is a classic occasion where you can do There a, is nothing wrong. That, yeah. And, you can do a luxury move. And, you know, like rotating keepers is a, a, a headache. Yeah. I personally find. Uh, <laughs> exhibit A this week. <laughs> so, um it it is a luxury move kind of week for the team, and I would I would do chill well for Rudy yeah. because you've got Christensen and Livermento there. Yeah. If he doesn't play, it's fine. Yeah, definitely. There's a good. It's 
Yeah, it's annoyingly too good. This, I mean, I'm really envious of this team. I wish I'd made it for myself, but I made it for help make it for someone else. Um, but Maybe it's a bit more freeing when it's not yours. It could be. It could be. I've been freed up. Um, but yeah, I'll be looking. At, at, well, I've discussed with Andy and Seb down the line, but I think it's. I think long term we have to we have to consider Spurs. We have to consider some kind of Son or Kane or Reggion or something like that. Um, okay um let's move on to our plans for the coming week those those if you're just joining us now towards the end of the show um wondering why kylie is in place of andy's because andy had to dip out for family reasons and um the way it's structured on the video conferencing is that he's there so i can keep moving kylie around but i've given up doing that now <laughs> so <laughs> i'm just get, andy now <laughs> yeah so we just we'll just move it around here so um Let's put you, your team up there. So did you want to go for your team and any sort of decisions lingering with this? Yeah, okay. So I don't actually, I don't feel that I've got major, major issues. As I sort of said earlier in the the show, the, uh, the move I'm tempted to make is uh, Azkul out. I definitely won't be benching Ramsdale um, no. this time around. Uh, Captain is going to be staying the same. Havertz is kind of getting his last shot. So so it's probably going to stay as it is, right? So I've got Ramsdale, Cancelo, uh, Alexander-Arnold, Azpilicueta, who very possibly is going to go for Chilwell. Um, then Mbwemo, Salah, Foden, Havertz, Huang, Antonio and Vardy. Mm. I do have um, Livramento and Duffy on the bench um, who are capable of getting returns as well. Yeah. So I do feel like because I have Livermento there, I I can take that risk on Chilwell this week. Yeah. You know, it's mm. uh, I'm I'm used to not having Chelsea points anyway mm. the last uh, last couple of weeks. So what a you know, I might as well go with that and Chilwell has a higher ceiling um than Aspilqueta uh, particularly now that, that James is back and Aspilqueta's you know not going to yeah. be playing um uh in that role. So yeah. That's that's pretty much me this week. Not over managing. No, no, I think so. And I, I mean, that's why I've started. I, I had a few red arrow. I've got a red arrow this week, but only a small one. And overall, I've been I've sort of gone back on track slightly. And one of the reasons is exactly that: not over managing Captain Salah. Um, I'd already decided to do that when Lukaku was fit, just just because yeah. it just it just saves a lot of heartache and, and 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 not making too many transfers. Just sort of doing the obvious, correcting weak links. Um, of which, say, for example, Sar is for me. But when I look at this, the only thing I would possibly wonder, would you play Liveramento over Huang, perhaps? Huang, possibly. So the strikers are the ones that I'm not totally mm. sort of enamoured by. I mean, the thing is, you know, Huang, he did score last night. Obviously, it was clearly offside. Um, mm. But he, he, he still has the the potential there. The only thing, as you said, is yet in terms of consistent form, Livermento certainly has that. Yeah. So I wouldn't I wouldn't be willing to bench Antonio. Mm. Um and it's kind of partially an ownership thing, um, but also the fact that I, I think he can sort of score against any opposition. Mm. But Huang might be someone who I I look to. The thing is I love playing attacking players. You know, yeah. Yeah, yeah. to my detriment, often they don't actually yeah. deliver anything. Uh, and I think the people who've been doing really well are, are the ones that tend to be playing four at the back at yeah. the moment. So it's 
probably a good idea whether I do it or not. I think I think a lot of people, have, whether they want to play forward back, have done just because because their Chelsea defender hasn't t- turned up. Hasn't, yeah. So you know, Livermento's come in. Um, so um, yeah, no, I, I I think you're right. I think if if in, you can just save the transfer and you can go into the international break with two two free transfers here, or as you were saying, the Aspilicueta move. Because um, you can make a luxury move because it's not uh, there's no sort of weak links really there. Yeah, it was the hard week was this one just yeah. gone with the injuries, yeah. but now they're all seemingly back fit. Yeah. So I think that I'm fairly well set up. Uh, and a- again, you know, there's a case to be made for not making a, a move for for Chilwell, given that I have a, a decent bench there because of the international break and we know how challenging that can be with uh, injuries, some real, some not, um, and, you know, people traveling and so on. So if people can hold, it's not a bad thing to yeah, do. Yeah, definitely. So here's, here's me. Um, let's try and, I'll try and move you around a bit here while I'm uh, talking. So my team here is, um, uh, I've got Fernandez in goal that no one owns. Um, so, but there are a few with the Brentford uh, defence somewhere in their team. Um, so I do think against Norwich, you're going to get a return there. If not, I'm going to have to seriously rethink that. And I'm looking at someone like Guita um, or I guess Ramsdale or Sanchez. Um, but I'm not looking to spend more there. So I'm going in with a 4-3-3. And this is the week where on paper my fixtures aren't great. But I do like a lot of my players. So... Um, you know, fixtures, mixtures. I've got Fernandez, Alexander Arnold, Christensen, uh, Cancelo, and Livermento. I've been starting to play Livermento most weeks here because some people are saying if he's not coming off the bench, it's annoying. But I just think he's great, and I don't think Villa are much. Watkins could score, but Livermento does have attacking threat as well. Salah captain. I've got Jota. I've got Rafina. I've got Kane as my vice captain. Antonio and Armstrong. And on my bench currently, I have Saar, Cody and Sissoko. So um, I have a bench. It's not a great bench. <laughs> um, it's a Welford bench. Uh, but I'm looking, in order to get Son, I think I would need a hit over two weeks. So I'm not averse to doing a hit this week. I think I would prefer to take that hit after the international break, though. So I'd possibly be looking this week to just free up some money. Just I've got 1.3 in the bank. Um, Jota will probably become my cash cow for Son and so I need a bit more somewhere um, so Saar to uh, one of those cheaper midfielders Mbomo um, Smith-Rowe Gallagher I think is the sensible play there um, and then I would bench one of the Southampton players maybe or uh, see, it's a tough one. I mean, I uh, maybe Jota. It's, it's all going to depend on team news, um, injuries. Yeah. If Broha's back, Armstrong's out for me, and he may become Tony. If Broha's not back, Armstrong is against a really bad defence at the moment, so I'm very happy to have him and play him. Um, Jota, if he plays in the Champions League midweek, um, then I'm more reluctant to keep him and um, so he may move on or he may I may put him on the bench see what I mean there's a lot there's lots going on yeah. here it's it's there's it's a lot of players that I could move and it's all going to depend on the team you so I will be listening in to um Az's chat with Neil towards the end of the week in the team news video and um, with a very keen ear on the likes of 
of the Southampton um, and Brentford situation. Mbomo, will he be back? Um, and also Jota, you know, will, will he get minutes? Christensen played tonight. So immediately, I think I need to improve Saar. And so I might end up bringing that bringing that player in anyway. But anyway, lot, lots to think about this week. I'm not averse to... And lots of, you know, depending on what the news is, there are a few different ways mm. you could do things in your team this week, which is good. So you're not sort of stuck with yeah, one yeah. pathway. Like, the thing about it, it's, it's funny, I don't know where you play fantasy um, Premier League, but I kind of like it when, when I feel like the team's comfortable, that it's kind of flexible, where yeah. where I, d- I don't really think about a particular player. I think, oh, how will I get them in? So already... I think I think a, a more expensive midfielder like Son is 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 a gap in my team, but I can do it in a hit, um, yeah. so it's not too bad. But everyone else, I can sort of get in or get to, and I, I kind of like it that w- whether that translates into actual points. <laughs> it's debatable, is, but I I yeah. tend to agree. Yeah. You know, if you can get somewhere with a four point hit at a maximum, yeah, that's t- tends to be how I like to have my team yeah. um, set up. And I, I I feel more relaxed with my FPL team knowing that it's that it's set up like that. Um, before we go, I just want to remind people about the members area. There's tons of Opta data there, like the comparison tool, rate my team, and much more. And of course, um, all the tables that you can make, can create the custom table. So I've, for example, the goals imminent table and various others. So what I'll do before the end of the week, I'll put that up on my. Um, Twitter feed um, because I didn't have time to put it up to date. Um, so um, yeah, thanks so much uh, for joining me, Kylie, and sort of thanks in absence to Andy, who's doing far more important things with his family. Yes. <laughs> um, but uh, we usually say, and it's goodbye for me and all that sort of a bit like the two Ronnies at the end. But would you, I'll just say, um, Kylie, thanks so much for joining me. Thank you. And thanks so much for having me on. It's been great fun. And thanks everyone for watching. Goodbye. Goodbye.